Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Namaste. Namaste, everybody. This evening on page 120 of the Shiva Advanced Puja book, we've just created this pot. We did the establishment of life within the pot. We have a Murti right in front of us, this smiling coconut, very, very happy to be here with us. And then we have, in addition to the, we made Pranpatishta and we said all the mantras and did the nyasas and the jap. And now we want to sing the Pranpatishta Shukta. It's the hymn of the establishment of life. And it says on page 121. <laughs> Thus has life force been established in you, and thus the life force has flowed into you. Thus to you, God, offering is made, and in this way make us shine. All the gods are fragments of the cosmic whole. Also all the asuras are fragments of the cosmic whole. And thus we make a house to contain all these energies. Here they are, we've got this pot, we put all the energies, positive and negative, all the fragments, all the parts of the cosmic whole we put into this pot, and now all the energies are combined. There's only one energy of the universe. In the mouth of the pot is Vishnu. In the neck resides Rudra, at the base is situated Brahma. And in the middle, we remember the multitude of mothers. In the belly are the seven seas and the seven islands of the earth, the rivers Arjuni, Gomati, Chandravaga, Saraswati, Kaveri, Krishnabena, and the Ganga, and other great rivers, the Tapti, and Godavari, Mahindri, Narmada, the various rivers and the greatest of beings born, and all the respected places of pilgrimage upon the earth are established within this pot. I, I, any place you want to go, all the places of pilgrimage, any deity you want to meet, all the gods, all the goddesses, all are situated in this pot and they're sitting there front row center with you. All the seas, the rivers and waters from all the respected places of pilgrimage have been brought for the peace of that which is bad or wicked. So instead of taking the bad or the wicked or all the negativities and adding negativity to it, we're saying, oh, okay, we're giving you peace. <laughs> we bless all negativities with peace. The Rig Veda, Yajur Veda, Sama Veda, Tharva Veda, along with all their limbs are assembled together in this pot. All the knowledge, all the wisdom, all the history, all the tradition, all the culture of antiquity, everything, all the positive energies that are useful to us are established in this pot. And here Gayatri, Savitri, peace and increase have been brought for the peace of that which is bad or wicked or negative. Anything you don't like, we just bring it to peace. And that's the culmination, the natural disposition of all negativities. Bring it to peace, shine, surround it with light, shine your light upon it, focus your love and your... and it goes away ceases to be an element of distraction and it becomes the center, a focus of your love and meditation.
The gods and Ashura speaking together are the great givers of churning to the mind. So the positive and negative qualities, the forces of light and union, and the forces of division and individuality, the gods say it's thee, and the Ashura says it's me. And so it, they give churning to our mind. And so here we have this constant, all the conflict we face is the, the, the duality between, the dichotomy between uh, the forces of unity and the forces of individuality. And selfishness raises up and says, get the most for me and leave the rest for the others. That's called profit. And I will be regarded as successful if I create profit. So, the gods and Ashura speaking together are the great givers of churning to the mind, rise to the top of this pot to sep separate them from what is actually Vishnu himself. <laughs> Vishnu is the cream that rises to the top. He is the essence of nourishment and purity and clarity. Uh, now, use your discretion like the humsa, the swan who separates the milk from the water. He drinks only the solids and leaves the water in behind. Within you, Mr. Pot, are all the pilgrimage places, all the gods are situated within you, all existence is established within you, all life is established within you. That's a pretty good pot. You alone are Shiva, you are Brahma and Vishnu, the sons of Auditi. Remember she had 12 sons, the, for the 12 original gods. Uh, uh, the finders of the wealth, the Boshus, the Rudra, Asrudrayate, who takes away the tears, who relieves from sufferings, the universal deities, the Vishway Deva, and the ancestors of Pitris. Everybody, come to the party and get my pot. All and everything has been established in you from whence you grant the fruits of desires. From you comes the blessed fruit of the sacrifice performed with excellence. And that means any karma that we perform with excellence is sacrifice because there's no ego in it. There's only excellence. I am the servant of God trying to do the best I can for God because this is my offering. I am sacrificing my duality, my negativity, my individuality into the excellence of this excellent action. May those riches increase, prayer for riches to increase, all the riches on the gross body, the subtle body, the causal body, all the wealth of mankind, the shringa, shah is shanti, raj your mind, is your heart, anuswar is perfection, all the highest respect, all those riches, may they increase, manifest your presence within us, O Lord, always be pleased. We bow, we bow to he who shines like crystal, to he who emits excellent clarity and excellent welfare. With the net of unity in his hand, who takes the form of a fish, the Lord of all waters, and that which dwells within, we bow, we bow. He's like the fish, he crosses the ocean of existence. Never, he's always in the water, 
but he's never wet. He's just, he swims across the ocean of worldliness. We bow to he with the net of unity in his hand, the seer of the life of the Lotus One. With this meritorious invocation, please make your presence manifest. And that's our Pran Pratishta Shukta, the, the hymn and praise of the establishment of life within the pot. And now we're going to make a Vishesh Arga. We just made a Samanya Arga, which is the ordinary offering. And now we're going to make a Vishesh, a special offering that connotes our respect. Say it's prom night and you're going to go to the prom with the greatest, the, the greatest date you could think of. Don't you want to bring her a corsage? Just to say, this is an object of value which de denotes all of the respect and appreciation I have for you for being my date tonight to the prom. Will you come with me? Okay. <laughs> I scored. Yeah. So this is a, a vishesh orga. Uh, it's different from the samanya orga. It's a vishesh orga. And usually we put it into the conch shell. Well, on really fancy occasions, we take a banana leaf and we take 108 stalks of durba grass. Uh, those are the, uh, it's like a crab grass that grows wild and it has five uh, uh, leaves coming out of the stem. And you take 108 leaves and you make a bundle out of it and you put it with the banana and you cover it with a red cloth. In the bottom of the red cloth you take some rice, grains of rice. And then you take some grains of uh, mustard seeds. You can take a little black sesame seeds. You can take a leaf of tulsi and a flower and put a little scent on it and they take on the push bay. And you put all this together and you tie it around with some mole, uh, which is uh, that uh, funny-looking string that we get uh, to tie around our wrist. And that becomes a vishish orga, and a special corsage that I made for you, specially uh, just to explain to you, demonstrate to you, how privileged I am to go to the prom with you. <laughs> Uh, and then we take, and uh, if you're going to establish that in the conch shell, which we often do, if people would leave a stem long enough on the bottom of the, of the flower in the orgia so that you can put it into the conch shell, so the conch shell acts as a vase to keep the flower fresh. If you cut the stem too short, then of course it falls into the ball and you can't see it. And it, so you've got to use a little bit of understanding what our goal is. When you prepare the flower for the arga, you need to leave a stamp on it. So now we're going to take and establish that conch shell and establish the flower in the conch shell and we're going to draw the same argya, the same yantra for the arga. We're going to make a bindu, one point of origin of existence, and a three-kona uh, equilateral triangle, all the threes are in perfect balance and harmony, and a circle which touches all three points, and that is all of creation is comprised of the unity and a harmony of the excellence that came from the one point, and with that understanding I will achieve the object of the square, Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha.
And those are the four, Chatur Bharga we call the four aspirations of manifesting in a human body. And so Dharma is the ideal of perfection. Each one of us has an ideal that we're striving to achieve. Artha are the resources necessary to maintain and to approach and to achieve that ideal and stay there. You need some physical resources. Kama is the cessation of attraction to anything else but being one in the ideal. If you have another thought, another desire, then you get pulled away from the ideal and you got to go out in the world and fulfill that desire or go on a long tangential uh, pilgrimage. And at the culmination of the three comes moksha which is Chaturbhaga and Moksha's liberation. As the cucumber was released from its bondage to the stem, it's also known as self-realization. And we take some grains of rice, we put it on the yantra, Om Madhar Shaktaginamam Kurmayanamam Nantayanamam Prithibhyamam Om we bow to the primal energy, Om we bow to the support of the earth, Om we bow to infinity, Om we bow to the earth. And now we're going to place that conch shell upon the rice, upon the yantra, upon the altar. Stums, things, zero. Be still in the gross body, be still in the subtle body, be still in the causal body. Purify. And now we're going to fill that conch shell with water from the seven rivers, the land of the seven rivers, holy Bharat, the land where the light of wisdom always shines, bah, to shine. Illumination, and here we have the land of Bharat, right here. The Ira, the Pingala, and the five senses are the land of the seven rivers, the seven avenues of ingress and egress into the land of where the light of wisdom always shines. And we're going to put those waters into our conchal. Om the Ganges, Jamuna, Godavari, Saraswati, Narmada, Sindhu, Kaveri. These waters are mingled together. And now we're going to put some tulsi leaves into that uh, conch shell. And she lives in Vrindavan, the fun of Vrinda. And it's the forest of delight. Uh, where Ananda always reigns. Uh, oh, wisdom, Maya, increase to Shiri who resides in Vrindavan. I am one with God and take some, uh, offer a flower into the pot. With these ended flowers, uh, we bow to the 12 aspects of the sun. Tapini, tapini, dumra, marichi, dwalini, ruchi, sudumra, bogda, bishwa, bodini, darini, shama. Containing heat, emanating heat, smoky ray producing, burning, lustrous, purple or smoky red, granting enjoyment universal, which makes known productive of consciousness, which supports, which forgives the 12 aspects of the realm of the sun. With these scented flowers on, ooh, we bow to the 16 aspects of the realm of the moon. Shoraska. Uh, uh, they are Amrita, Pranada, Pusha, Tushti, Pushti, Ratti, Dritti, Shashini, Chandrika, Kanti, Jotsna, Sri, Priti, Ongoda, Purna, Punamrita. The nectar 
which sustains life, which supports, which satisfies, nourishing, playful, constancy, unfailing producer of joy, beauty, enhanced by love, life, grant or prosperity, affectionate, purifying the body, complete, full of bliss. And our third flower, Eitigan de Pushpeyom, Om Mani Mandala, Om Mani Mandala, Daskalat Manein Namaha. With these scented flowers, Om Mo, we bow to the ten aspects of the realm of the power. We've got twelve aspects of the realm of the sun, and the sun is the light of wisdom. We have sixteen aspects of the realm of the moon, and the moon is the light of devotion. And we have ten aspects of the realm of fire, and the fire is the purifier, the fire, the purity and clarity of meditation. So those are the three eyes of God, the sun, the moon, and the fire. Dumra Archi Jwalini Shukshma Jwalini Bispunlingini Susri Surupa Kapila Habya Kabya Boha Spooky red flaming shining subtle burning sparkling beautiful well formed Tony the messenger to gods and ancestors Twong Mukang Sarvadeva Nam you are the mouth of all the gods you have seven tongues. Uh, you eat our offerings on every seven levels of consciousness. You, is, uh, you, you, fire, are the purifier and the messenger from the prayers of men to the gods who fulfill. And now comes our very, very special flower. And that hung is the, the Astra Mantra, it means uh, 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 cut the ego. And we put that flower into the base of the conch shell. And that is our special corsage or offering of respect to our beloved deity for coming here. And now we do the Matsya Dainun and Ankush Mudras. Matsya Mudra, that's the fish swimming across the sea. Dainu is also called Amriti Karan and it's uh, uh, something like that is what it looks like from the air side. And for boy's side it's like this. And take the energy from the two palms and it just pours down just like, it's also called the Dainu Mudra because the Kamandenu gives forth all her blessings, just say it rains forth. You can feel coming, the blessings of purity and clarity coming from your palms of your hands. And the Ankush Mudra, it's a little goad, uh, just like Ganesh carries in his hand. Uh, and the Ganges Jamuna, Golavari, Saraswati, Narmada, Sindhu, Kaveri, the seven rivers are all mingled together. We've purified them with these three mudras. And now we get to make jump. Om Namah Shibai, 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 Om Namah Shibai. Ten times is enough. I mean, that's, it, it, it's good enough to purify Shiva's water. He'll take anything. Uh, and then we sprinkle that water over everything we're going to offer, including the worshiper. If you had a nice shower, you can have another one. Amritam Guru Swaha, Amritam Guru Swaha. Make this immortal nectar. If you need a little soap, and you can take a whole shower. Amritam Guru Swaha. 
And now we're going to do the Bhut Shuddhi. Now, Bhut has so many different levels of meaning. Here we're talking about the purification of the five elements which reside in the chakras. So we have uh, Lung in the Muladhara and Wong in the Swadhisthana and Rang in the Manipur and Yang in the Anahat and Hong in the Bishuddha and Om in the Adya Chakra. We're going to say each mantra 16 times. You'll excuse me, I went 17. <laughs> Remember, it's not what other people hear, it's what you listen to. It's the vibration you create, create inside. And it will encompass you and it'll, it'll, it'll enclose you, it'll put you in a cocoon, a vibration. And that vibration, you become one with this vibration. And then you're going to go from the Muladhara to the Agya Chakra, and from the Agya Chakra to the Muladhara. So we recited the beach mantra of each of the chakras, and there's a little chart here on page 128, and it shows you all the, the chakras. That's what that diagram is all about in the right margin. And it shows you the mool mantra of each chakra, which is what we just recited. And in the muladhara, we have lung, which is indra, and that stands for earth, stulsirir, what can be known through prataksha, uh, through a, union of the Gan Indriya with the object of sense, that means empirically verified. You see it through your senses. And in the Swadhisthan we have Wong, which is Varuna, which is the uh, 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 intermediary between the Stul Sarir and the Shukshma Sarir. And Rang in the Manipur we have the Shukshma Sarir and that's Agni and that's fire, the quality. So you have earth, water, fire. and in the money in Anahat you have Rinyam, uh, which is Bayu, which is air, which stands for uh, the um, uh, the fourth, the third element, air, and the fourth element, 
earth, water, fire, air, and hung in the Bishud, which is Som, which is ether. And in the Agni Chakra you have Om, which is Ishwar, the ultimate. And Agnya is called Agnya Chakra because that's where you get orders. Orders from headquarters. It's a, yeah, that's a, you tune in the R, Agnya Chakra and that's where you get, you get told what to do. Again and again and again. So now we went lum wum rum yum um um and we went bum um yum rum wum lum um and now we've got some mantras piercing the triangular junction the yantra situated in the muladhara so you're going to pierce there's a triangle an equilateral triangle in the muladhara piercing that triangle the center of energy between the genital genital and the rectum I direct the auspicious life forward life force upwards by way of the shushumna the subtle canal which transmits nerve impulses along the spinal column to unite in supreme bliss I am one with God so here Mula we're just taking this energy up from the muladhara and young by where the spirit of emancipation in the subtle body purify purify I am one with God Rung. Agni, the fire, the purifying light of wisdom in the limited body, burn, burn, da, da, I am one with God. Om Supreme Bliss, filling the path from the Sushumna, from the triangular junction in the Muladhara, dancing brilliantly. Shine, shine, radiant, radiant, that is I, I am that. I am one with God. So you bring that energy up and unite in the Agnacha. And each time we make an offering, we can throw some flowers on the, on the altar for each one of those offerings, each swaha. You can put some offerings, and you see there are pushpanjali at the back of the altar, and there are many flowers that are not associated with any specific deity. Those are part of the miscellaneous and sundry flowers that make it. We make offering uh, during the puja. Uh, take a flower and wipe your hands. Uh, make sure you don't touch anything with any impurities. Wash your hands. Give her the flower. That's another miscellaneous flower that's not counted for on our map. Uh, tap the ground three times with your fist or your heel. But, 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 but. And now we're going to do boot up sarpan and we're going to throw some more flowers or you can throw grains of rice if you have someone to come behind you and sweep it up. Or but, huh? Or mustard. Or mustard seeds. Uh, I use flower petals, mother used mustard seeds, but then she's got an army of sweepers behind her to clean up after she's done with the puja. If you throw mustard seeds all over my carpet. They don't see that mustard. They don't see the, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, and boot. Boot has a number of meanings which makes the following verses to play on the words. It switches meanings even while using the same words. So its noun form means variously a purified being, a good being, a created thing, the world, an uncanny being, a spirit, a ghost, a goblin, a past, a, a fact, a reality, actual occurrence, welfare. 
elements, especially as applied to the gross, uh, five gross elements we just had, Kshiti, Aptej, Morubom, Earth, Water, Fire, Air, and Ether, uh, See, Buddha Shudi, yeah, we did that. Here we are calling upon the friendly or the good Buddhas to destroy the obstacles created by the unfriendly or bad Buddhas. So you've got a Buddha which is Buddha and you've got a Buddha which is a purified element of existence, and we're saying, hey, elements, kick out all the funky Buddhas and Pratas that don't want to cooperate. We consign to you friendly spirits, friendly spirits that are situated on this earth plane, the activity of destroying any obstacles placed by unfriendly spirits. By order of the wisdom of infinite goodness, it came from the Agya Chakra, Shiva's Agya, his order is, hey, good spirits, good Buddhas, get rid of all the bad Buddhas. Hey, ghost goblins, demons, unfriendly spirits, and various forms of negativity producing, projecting egos, you have been made entirely at peace. Uh, please accept this offering from me. Here you can have some uh, mustard seeds, and you can have some rice, and you can have some flower petals. Uh, you get a mantra, you get my attention. I'm firmly paying attention, obviously paying attention to you. Uh, and I'm saying you've been, you've been, I make a peace offering. Shama Dhamma Danda Babe. Uh, these are the four dispositions in any confrontation. Sama means I can approach with peace and equality. Dhamma, I can take a subservient attitude and pay you a bribe. Bade means I'm going to separate you and try to sow dissension amongst the very... I'm going to separate you from your allies and make you weaker. And Dhand means, all right, put him up. Let's go fight. Actually, physical uh, altercation. Other demons, goblins, various forms of negative, projecting egos, creeping and crawling things, I consign to you completely the striking blows of Narsing Vishnu in his incarnation of a man lie. So Vishnu, if you don't cooperate, cooperate with me and accept this offering from me and take this, uh, I'm coming to you with respect, I'm offering you an, uh, some, a bribe, I'm offering, I'm giving you my peace, I'm giving you my respect, I'm giving you my love, or I'm calling on Vishnu to come and beat you over the head. Yeah. <laughs> take your choice. It's your negotiation. I'm calling my mediator from London to come and help me to make this decision for you even more clearly. Uh, he's going to explain it to you very, very, very clearly. Take the deal, it's a good deal. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Let's pause here and see if there are any questions. We covered a lot of ground tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Then we do the Bhuta Shuddhi. Yes. Dham, Vam, Ram. Is, yeah. it, is it allowed to do multiple times? Yes, you can do multiple times as long as you want to stay, stay in puja. Uh, but remember you have a sankalpa to get to the end of the puja. Uh, so if you do it multiple times, you may forget the rest of the puja. <laughs> it's very easy to space out. So yeah, but you can do it multiple times. And it's really fun to do. Yum, 
That's one time up. <laughs> and one time down. And if you can successfully create that nod shakti, that subtle energy inside, uh, one round trip would be enough. It just puts you into such a bhava. The bhavana, the attitude, the understanding of that harmony and peace with all the vibrations of the universe. I am floating in an ocean of Nad Shakti, the subtle body of sound. And I create that Shpandana, that vibration. So I, it's not important what other people hear outside, it's what you're listening to inside. And if you are effective in creating that Shpandana, in creating that vibration, in creating that, that attitude, you become completely submerged and one round trip is sufficient. Yeah, please. But if sometimes you just feel like sitting quietly. You can do that too. For sometimes. Go ahead. You can sit quietly any place in your... You can go automatic quiet. <laughs> you will go automatic quiet, huh? That's, that's a nice way to say it. Automatically you'll be quiet. And then again you'll start singing some more. <laughs> and do another bidi. And each bidi will take you into a different vibration and a different place. Sometimes you're getting orders from the, from the Agnya Chakra and sometimes you just want to sit and be one with God. Yes, please. We have a question from Ambika in Princeton. Namaste, Ambika Ma! Namaste, Namaste Sham! Namaste. Can you please tell us a little more about the proper pronunciation of the Bija Mantras for the Chakras? It sounds like you are bringing your tongue to the back of your mouth or somehow closing your throat. Does the pitch matter? <laughs> <laughs> Only to pitchers. <laughs> uh, the, the pitch will matter. Uh, Amika, I can't tell you where I'm putting my tongue. But when you come here, I'll show you. <laughs> uh, all you can do is try to listen to the vibration inside and get submerged in that vibration. It's not about what's audible outside, especially through the internet 3,000 miles away. It's what's important is what you're feeling inside. If you can tune into that vibration and turn on that understanding, feel that, that, that vibration enveloping you then you've been successful. I don't know if uh, am I putting my tongue someplace or if I'm holding my throat or am I doing something. I can't tell you. But when you come, uh, then we'll practice it uh, together. We have a question from Nanda in San Jose. Namaste, Nanda Ma! By chanting the Bija Mantra for the particular chakra, are we activating the chakra in some way? You know, there's a, a great mythology created that says the Kundalini is sleeping in the Muladhara like a snake coiled two and a half times around the Shiva Lingam. And we belong to a different school of philosophy. Our understanding is that what we call Mahashakti, all the energy of the universe outside, in the individual is called Kundalini. Kundalini is individual energy. 
individual energy only sleeps in a corpse. Everyone else who is alive has something going on. If you're not dead, your chakras are awake. Now, what is sleeping is your awareness. You're not paying attention to your chakras. You're not paying attention to the energy flow in your body. Most of us have cultivated the habit of watching the energy flow from the Muladhara to the Swadhisthana to the Manipur and back. And we attend to the calls of eating, sleeping, and mating. And that's the primary focus of our lives. Uh, unfortunately, because there's so much more, if we could open up our awareness to the existence of the life force pulsating in each of the higher chakras where we get love and wisdom and light and total absorption in God, then you're going to have a whole different attitude towards the experience of life. So that's the function. Kundalini does not sleep, and we're not waking up the chakras. The chakras are alive and well, thank goodness. Kundalini is active, and, and she is in constant movement. She's in constant motion. I mean, even when you're sleeping upstairs, uh, there's a circulatory system, and there's a, 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 an intelligence system, and an immune system, and all these other functions are still continuing in your body. There are Brahmins and Kshatriyas and Vaishyas and Shudras in your body, as well as outside in your society. The Brahmins are the intellectual system, they didn't go to sleep. The Kshatriyas are the defense system, and they are an immune system, they didn't go to sleep. The white blood cells are still standing in readiness to attack the bad guys when they come in and say, can we move in here? This looks like a nice space. And the white blood cells will say, no, infection. So they're not asleep. The circulatory system, you didn't stop, your blood flow didn't stop and providing nutrients and nourishment and oxygen and all the other good stuff to, to your cells. Your circulatory system, and the shudras are the, the servants who bring in nourishment and take away the refuse. They, they didn't go to sleep. In fact, who went to sleep? Is that an answer? <laughs> <laughs> who went to sleep? And who could tell you, teach me how to go to sleep? <laughs> so I wouldn't be in the temple at one o'clock in the morning. Go ahead and look at what, who's asleep. It's the active, cultivating, scheming, conniving, egocentric mind that went to sleep. I am not, no longer in sleep. When I'm in sleep, I'm no longer motivated by selfish consideration. I'm not scheming and planning and plotting and conniving and how I'm going to get something more for me. That's who went to sleep. Everyone else is awake. Consciousness is awake. Energy is awake. The Brahmins are awake. The Kshatriyas are awake. The Vaishyas and Shudras are awake. Only a hum goes to sleep.
So it, uh, it, it's not true that the chakras are sleeping and we got to wake them up. <laughs> what the reality says is that I am not aware of the presence of the chakras in my life. I am so mesmerized by the maya of this external phenomena that I don't pay attention to the wisdom of my internal life. Who's the culprit? Me! I am. And the only thing I can do to change that situation is to renounce my culpability and wake up and chant the Bij mantras and the matrika nyasas and the bahya matrika nyasas and enliven and empower those chakras so I habituate myself to paying attention to the centers of energy in my body. So my kundalini, I love the analogy of the farmers in the fields of our village. They go out to the fields in the morning and they prod their ox carts along the field, along the roads till they get to their particular field and they plow the whole day and they work the whole day outside. And then they come back and they drive their ox cart to the side of the road where there are ruts along the side of the road where the ox carts for centuries have been going back and forth from the house to the field and from the field to the house. The farmers put their ox cart in the ruts, point the oxen towards the home and climb in the back and go to sleep in the back of the ox cart. The oxen know the way home. Well, we have created ruts from the Muladhar to the Swadishtan to the Manipur. And those are well-worn roads. <laughs> Eating, sleeping, and mating. They're well-worn roads. Now what we want to do is create some new roads. Make inroads into our old roads, which is the path from the Monipur to the Anahata to the Vishud to the Agnya Chakra. And then we have capacity to receive orders from headquarters. We have a follow-up question from Nanda. Yes, Nanda Ma. What do we gain by being aware of the chakras? All awareness allows us to control our wandering mind. If I can make myself to focus, and I can choose the object upon which I want to focus my attention, I become empowered to achieve ultimate efficiency. I empower myself to be efficient. All the mistakes I make are because of my lack of attentiveness. If I can focus my attention and submerge my awareness in union with that object, then I empower myself to be efficient. I become a sadhu. Sadhu means efficient. So in pursuit of that ultimate efficiency, and I want to be so efficient at the worldly chores that I can spend more time in my spiritual life. And in spending my time in my spiritual life, I want to spend time by empowering the centers of energy within me to greater and greater purity and clarity. So that would be the fruit of paying attention and enlivening and empowering the higher centers of energy. In 
focusing attention on the different chakras. We have a question from Ryan in San Jose. Namaste, Ryan. When we do Bhutashuddhi, why do we take the prana back down? Ryan, the objective is to gain con complete control and complete mastery over all of the energies that flow through our body. Uh, we want complete control. So what if you put it there, you got to take it out, uh, back. If you make the mess, you got to clean it up. If you bring the energy up, you got to bring it back down. And then you become empowered in control of that energy. It's your energy to command. You give the order to the energy. If you just bring it up and say, okay, now I'm going to meditate for a while and then I'm going to drift off into some other reverie, then you end off focusing on many, many tangential thoughts. You end up daydreaming instead of meditating. So you know how to go and how to come. Yes, you want to know how to go and how to come. And you know, every time I take Srima to town, she goes with me because she's confident that I'll bring her back. <laughs> if I were to ever explain to her, I only know the way there. I don't know how to bring you back. I doubt if she would ever sit in my car. We have a question from Sadhana Shakti in Seattle. Namaste Sadhana. Namaste Vic. Vic. Pranam. It seems that activating our awareness, it's, it seems that activating our awareness seems to be one of the processes, processes on our path. So eventually we will have 100% of our awareness if we continue doing our pujas? Yes, it's true. It is one of the processes. Remember, there are seven forms of karma yoga. Puja is one of them. Pot, recitation of scripture. Homa, that's the fire ceremony. Sangeet, singing with mom, dancing. Uh, and provachan. Telling what you're doing and why you're doing it and what it means to you and what it, how does it work? And the last is arpan, offering, serving, and sharing. So puja is one of the ingredients and it's an important first step, but it's not the end of the journey. <laughs> we have a question from Vivekananda in Seattle. Yes, Vivek. Why do we worship the pot, fruit, conch, and fire? Why not just worship the Lingam or the Morti of Shiva with all the offerings at one time in the Puja? Why not do it all? <laughs> then, as we do it all, I say, God, Shiva, you're in the pot. Shiva, you're in the conch. Shiva, you're in the flower. Shiva, you're in the yantra. Shiva, you're in the fire. Shiva, you're on the Lingam. Shiva, you're in my heart. Shiva, you are everywhere. You're my Shiva. I... I bow to you with every activity I perform. I do bow to you with everything I do. I love you in your every manifestation, and that includes all and everything, and it excludes none. Now, this is called Samashti Upashana. This is the cosmic puja. We are worshiping all the forces of divinity in, the, in existence. Everything I can make divine, everything that comes into my perception, I have the capacity to make divine. And everything I make divine is Shiva to me. Ah. And that's my goal, is not just to worship Shiva in, in, at the altar in the temple or on a linga. I want to worship Shiva with everything I do all the time, every breath I take. It should be an offering to Shiva. 
And that will be my goal and that will be the measurement of my success. I don't want to be spiritual in the temple. I want to lead a spiritual life. It is not about learning and memorizing spiritual practices. The spiritual practices are valuable to us only because they remind us to lead a spiritual life. The goal is to be a spiritual individual, giving more and taking less and sharing what you can and taking what you need. Not a spiritual businessman, I need a little more profit, please. <laughs> if we can become spiritual beings, then that will be our puja. Everything we do will be part of the puja. That, to me, is my measurement of success. Not how many mantras I memorize, not how many hours I sit in one asana, not how many people come to my puja or my yagya. How do I feel? when I completed my task? Was it an offering to God? Or was it just something I had to get out of the way and get over and beyond so that I can go do the real thing I want to do? Spiritual means that it's all an offering to God, in my estimation. I don't care about how you judge it, but in my opinion, it's an offering to God. We have a question from Swarupananda in Seattle. Namaste, Swarup. How do we cultivate the bhava of generosity and knowing God will always provide for us while still being financially responsible? <laughs> Swarup, trust in God, but tie your camel first. <laughs> you have the obligation to never put yourself into a position where you could become a burden to anyone else. And once you've achieved that security, then give what you can. And use your discrimination to determine how much is appropriate to give in what circumstances. And that will be the measurement. Tie your camel first. And then, trust God. <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Kaushiki. Namaste, Kaushiki. Do I have to quit doing formal puja if I get to the point where I am always offering to the deity? No! 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 You don't have to quit formal puja at all! Even if you love, love God and everything you do is an offering to God, you want to do the puja anyway! I mean, what could be a greater demonstration of your opportunity to serve than sitting down and doing the puja? Hey God, I don't need this puja, you do. So I'm going to serve you with puja. And I'm going to serve you with every other thing I do. It's all part of the puja, but it's part of the puja because I start the day by putting you on the altar, and then I serve you all day long, and I come back at the end of the day and say, hey, this is what I brought home from my labor. Will you accept? And then I pick up God from the altar and put her back in my heart. So no, you do not have to stop puja when you realize that everything you do is part of your worship. You do puja anyway, whether you need it or not. 
we have a related you know, question. Uh, we have a question from Sivani. How, how can we um, feel devotion during the puja and allow ourselves to really sink into the worship when we also feel like we're really stretched for time? How do you feel in a love affair? You make japa of the sense of privilege that you have in being in the arms of your beloved. That's why you're there. And you're, you, you cultivate that love affair by contemplating your beloved and saying, I get, I get to do this for you and I get to be with you in this way and I get to share and demonstrate my love to you in this way. And that makes the love affair. Well, if you can do that with John, Joe, and Harry, you can certainly do it with Sheaf. <laughs> if you could put yourself into the bava of being in a love affair with any mundane guy walking down the street, then you could certainly do it with a guy who sits on the altar all the time waiting for you. <laughs> it's not like you have to go to the altar with him. He's already there. He's saying, when will she come, when will she come, when will she come? Thank you, Shami. <laughs> it's the same devotion that you share, you feel with some other being. How do, you How do you relate to a love affair? It's your love affair. Turn on the love. I'll give you a little love button. You can put on your switch and say, okay, now I'm not going to sit on those sofa waiting for someone to ask me to dance. I'm going to get up and boogie. <laughs> I'm going to do the hoochie coo. I'm going to dance like the hokey pokey. <laughs> Ma knows the hokey pokey. That's why I use that example. <laughs> I'm going to turn on my love switch and I'm going to be the lover. I'm not going to wait to become someone else's beloved. And that's just what you do in your relationships. Maybe. That's just what you should do in your relationships. Just what you want to do in your relationships. Go home and turn on the love button and say, Okay, lover, ah, you're my beloved and I'll be the lover tonight. I'm not waiting for you. And do that with Shiva. And do that with Shakti. And you'll feel devotion. You can turn, if you can pay, if you can get devoted to your yantra, if you could get devoted to your flower, if you could get devoted to a, a pot, if you could get devoted to a, 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 something made out of uh, clay and straw. Henna, henna. Henna, you could get devoted to henna. Then by all, surely you can get devoted to Shiva. It means, what does devotion mean? It means paying attention as a privilege to demonstrate the sincerity. How much I love you, I'm privileged to demonstrate. That's my devotion. So I'm putting these flowers on the altar because it's a privilege. It's not because it's a duty. God knows he's paying you to put the flowers there. In fact, I have to buy the flowers. <laughs> it's... You're putting it there because it's a privilege. It's not because Ma said I gotta put the flowers on the altar. I'm doing puja. I'm worshiping you. I'm idolizing you. You you are important to me, and I want to show you how important you are to me. So I'm getting up at any time, day or night, whenever the time is appropriate. I'm gonna come here and look you in the eye and say I love. 
if they're going to push back. I surrender. Atma Samarpan. I surrender my soul to you. And that's the bhava, that's the feeling. You can turn that on anytime you want to. Just push your love button. Yes, please. We have a related question from Ambika. Yes, Ambika! Sometimes the love button feels stuck in the off position. <laughs> <laughs> How do we fake it until we make it? How do we turn it back on? A little oil! Never hurt! <laughs> Keep your switches well oiled. Right in the, in the uh, you know, where the, the uh, what do they call it? The, the, huh? And the contacts, yeah. Right, right, right where it, you need the contacts so the switch will flip very easily. Don't let it rust in place! <laughs> don't, let, don't let your switches get old and rusty. Keep them well oiled. Ah, and if you can't oil it yourself, call me. I'll come on over with my oiling can. Ah. Just go to your beloved and say, Hey, beloved, I just got a kick in the pants from California today, and I'm going to oil my love switch. So lay down, I'll put some oil on you. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever means at your disposable, dis disposal to demonstrate the sincerity of your love, don't let your love switch get stuck. And don't you get stuck in a rut of not giving the best you possibly can. That's your puja. Remember, the goal is not to find the perfect partner. The goal is to become the perfect partner. It's not his fault that you're not the perfect partner. <laughs> It's my fault. I've got to see what I can do to inspire that reciprocation. And remember that verse in Lolita Trishati, Shiva and Shakti revolve around each other mutually and reciprocally. Who understands this understands a chakra. What is a center of energy? It's mutual and it's reciprocal. You won't sit around and wait for someone else to come and oil your love switch. If you need some oil, call me. I will send you a can or I'll bring it in person. But otherwise, turn on your love switch. Turn on the love. Sit at the altar and pray with love. Sit in your home and cook with love. You do what you do because you're in love and you will be the lover. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Namaste.